Thank you. Thank you, Jen. You're too, too kind. Um, how are we doing, church? Yeah. Having a good time? Ready for the word? Yeah. I'm excited. So if you don't know me, I'm Pastor Luke. I am the children's and middle school pastor here at Christian Life Church. I love our church, and I love our kids. I thought I'd give a quick update about our kids' ministry and middle school ministry. We just got back from camp with our middle schoolers and had a blast. Uh, we go up to Baraboo, Wisconsin, Expeditions Unlimited. It's right by Devil's Lake, which isn't that a great place to hang out with a Christian camp? You know, Devil's Lake. Convert all the devils in the lake. But we have a good time, and we did the hiking, rock climbing, uh, swimming. It was a blast. And one thing I did this year that's different, I worked there at that camp, and they never had this before, but for the first time, I was able to do axe throwing with the kids. That was fun. Nobody got hurt. Um, in fact, it was so fun. They had axes, they had tomahawks, and they had throwing knives for the kids. Isn't that great? But uh, no, we had a good time. Two kids, only two students were able to get the throwing knife. You had to throw it on the uh, sharp end so that you're holding it and pinching it, not cutting yourself, but you're holding it, and you have to go 180 and hit it right in the target. Only two students. I tried about three or four times, and they said, Pastor Luke, let the kids go, and I said, okay. But I got the tomahawk, and I got the acts pretty good. And so for our kids ministry, we're going to camp this week. So I'm preaching today and tomorrow, and then I'm going to camp Monday through Thursday. We're going to have a blast. Uh, we're going to do so many fun things. And so here's what I'm going to say is if you think of the kids ministry, could you pray for us? If you think of the kids ministry, please, please pray for us. We covet your prayers. If you're able to and you think of it, if you could give to the kids ministry, we'd appreciate it as well. We take everything that's given to the kids' ministry, and we're able to say yes to families. Everybody who's going to camp, it's totally discounted. Our curriculum is totally paid for by the end of the year. We have to renew it. Totally covered because of faithful givers. So thank you. And the last thing I'll say about kids' ministry, if you ever thought about serving in kids' ministry or want to, please talk to me. We have coaches. We, we need teachers. We have teachers' assistants. We have arts and crafts. Um, we got everything from preschool, nursery, and I oversee K through fifth and middle school. And then Pastor Joel uh, works with the high schoolers here and college age. So there's a place for you if you want to serve as well. I just thought I'd say that. I am very grateful for this church. Thank you for your prayers and thank you for your support. All right, let's get into the word. Today we are going to talk about the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. And today I have a question for you as we get started. How do you know that you're saved? How do you know that you're saved? Just think about it for a minute. Here's the message. Jesus loves you. He's God's son. He came into the world to die on the cross for our sins. We just took communion. Pastor Merrill was up here. And we talked about how his blood and his body what took away our sin. And sin, what it means is anything that we do that misses the mark of God's standard. He says, you have to be perfect. You have to be holy like I'm holy. And we, how many of you know we'll never be perfect? We'll never be perfect. But we can be made holy through what Jesus has done. So maybe you could have, when you hear that, how do you know that you're saved? Maybe you thought back to a moment, a moment you had with God where that made sense. I can think of that moment. I, 
uh, was at camp. And this is why I'm so passionate about youth camps, because I think getting away from it all, spending time with God, can change a life, really. And so I was at camp, and I was at the altar. They gave an altar call, and I was just there and didn't know what was happening. Uh, God came over me. I was filled with the Holy Spirit, started speaking in other tongues. I got called into ministry right there. He said, Luke, you're going to be a pastor. And I'm like, okay. Uh, I was like in sixth or seventh grade at the time, and I dedicated my life to God. And maybe you're here, you hear that, how do you know that you're saved? Maybe you're like me, and you say, oh, I grew up in church, I kind of knew God. And maybe you found him later in life. Maybe, maybe you came to him, and someone told you about Jesus, and now you're following him. That's awesome. Or maybe it was more of like a progression. You hear, how do you know you're saved? Well, I don't know. He's just always been there. And that's awesome too. I think if you can pinpoint it, great. If it's just, I know, that's great too. And so, I want to I say this though as we get started with the Holy Spirit. We can know that we are saved because we have the Holy Spirit. We can know that we are saved because we have the Holy Spirit. And today, I want to talk about who is the Holy Spirit and how we can use the Holy Spirit in our daily lives. Are you ready? Let's get into it. So if you're ready to receive, um, first of all, I want to say my title is Sealed by the Holy Spirit. Sealed by the Holy Spirit. And we'll be looking in the book of Ephesians. But if you're ready to receive, can you just lift your hands with me? I believe that when we lift our hands, we're ready to receive It's an act of surrender and victory at the same time. We surrender and we have the victory. So let's receive from the Holy Spirit. Let's receive from God tonight. God, we come before you in desperate need of you and your power by the Holy Spirit. God, we have the Holy Spirit. But like so many people, we we, we just don't know how to activate the Holy Spirit. How would our lives change if we lived every day by the power of the Holy Spirit? So Holy Spirit, come right now and touch hearts Touch lives and touch minds right now. We're not going to leave this sanctuary the same. We're going to be changed by the power of the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So we're going through the book of Ephesians, and we've been talking about how Ephesians is a book written by Paul. It's a letter to the book of Ephesus, and Ephesus is in modern-day Turkey. So if you wanted to get to Asia, you would go through Ephesus, and you would go uh, right to those churches. And so Paul went to Ephesus, and now he's writing from jail to Ephesus, and he's checking in on how everybody's doing. And the Ephesians were non-Jewish. They were Gentiles. And so they heard about Jesus, like, isn't that kind of a Jewish thing? Isn't that a messianic thing? Like, does that even apply to me? Yes. And that's what Paul says, is that... God, Jesus, is for everybody, right? It's for the whole world. Jesus died on the cross for the whole world so that we might be saved. And so as, as Paul is writing to the Ephesians, he has to introduce topics of God like the Holy Spirit. And so we're going to get uh, into chapter 1 here, and he starts right off the bat here in verse 13, talking about how we are included with Christ by the Holy Spirit. It says in verse 13 through 14, And you were also... Included in Christ when you heard the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation. When you believed, you were marked with him a seal, the promised Holy Spirit. I'm going to read that again. This is where we're going today. When you believed, 
you were marked with him, in him, with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession to the praise of his glory. You are sealed by the Holy Spirit. So when we become a Christian, the Holy Spirit takes residence in our life. Life in Jesus is different because of the Spirit of God that lives inside us. You ever notice that? When you say, how do you know you're saved? You think about too when you were saved. Your life changed. Everything changed about you because you had Jesus. You were being transformed daily by the power of the Holy Spirit. You walked differently. You acted differently. You thought differently. Your whole life changed. Your desires, your passions, the way you try to live your life, why you lived your life changed because you found Jesus. So we have the Holy Spirit with us now. And who is the Holy Spirit? One of my favorite authors is A.W. Tozer. If you want to learn about the Trinity, we have God the Father, sent God the, God the Son, Jesus, and we have God the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God. When Jesus came up, the Holy Spirit, what? He came down and He's with us. So, this is what He says. You could ask A.W. Tozer, who's the Holy Spirit? He would say, spell this out in capital letters. The Holy Spirit is a person. He is not enthusiasm. He is not courage. He is not energy. He is not the personification of all good qualities like Jack Frost is the personification of cold weather. He is a person, just like the same, just the same as you are a person, and he has all the qualities of a person. He has substance, but not material. And not material substance. He has individuality. He is one being and not another. He has will and intelligence. He has hearing. He has knowledge and sympathy and ability to love and see and think. He can hear. He can speak. He can desire, grieve, and rejoice. The Holy Spirit is a person. So we have God by his Holy Spirit living inside us. Oh, how our lives would look different if we activated the Holy Spirit in our daily lives. And I'm going to give you one more quote just to empathize this. A.W. Tozer said about the Holy Spirit in the church, he said, and this is a famous quote, if the Holy Spirit was withdrawn from the church today, 95% of what we do would go on and no one would know the difference. I'm going to restart. If the Holy Spirit was withdrawn from the church today, 95% of what we do would go on and no one would know the difference. So I'm going to pause there and just say, if we kind of left out the Holy Spirit, we'd have the same worship team. We are so talented. We got good preaching, I hope. And we got other things. We got ministries. We got programs. But do we have the Holy Spirit? And the second part is this. If the Holy Spirit had been withdrawn from the New Testament church, now we're talking about the early church, 95% of what they did would stop, and everyone would know the difference. Do we have the Holy Spirit? Are we living by the Holy Spirit? And when I say church, I'm not talking about does this building have the Holy Spirit, but do you, as a building for the Holy Spirit, does the Holy Spirit live in you, and is he activated in your daily life? Does that make sense? When they talk about the church today, it's not a building The New Testament church was just a bunch of people living 
together, living as family. They were converting, and it was going fast. The gospel was spreading like crazy. How many people are you witnessing for Jesus today? Is there someone you could reach for Jesus? And we need the Holy Spirit help. That's the kind of life we want to live as Christians, by the power of the Holy Spirit. So we need the Holy Spirit. And so the Holy Spirit is a seal, and this is what we're talking about today. And the sealing of which Paul speaks here refers to official mark of identification that was placed on a letter, contract, or other important document. And so I had our very own Jerry Alexi give us this seal, and I wrote on here, Holy Spirit. So we have the Holy Spirit as a seal, and I just wrote on the back, and this is just, this is me, this is not biblical, I, you know, this is just the worldly means of explaining a heavenly thing, but we got from God to you forever, right? So what's in this, what's in this envelope? What's in this envelope? It's a seal guaranteeing what? Salvation. Eternal life, right? So if the Holy Spirit is a seal guaranteeing the promise that we have through Jesus for salvation, nothing, nothing can open this. Nothing can snatch this away. This is a guarantee. And so if, I, if, if, if you have received salvation, this is my wife Hannah. I love her so much. Thank you, Hannah. If I give this to Hannah, I wasn't planning on doing this, but you're right here. So. But if, if I give this to Hannah, does she just kind of hide out and be like, oh, I'm going to save this for heaven, right? Like, I'm going to just, this, I, got this for, I got this for heaven. I'm just going to hide out and wait. No, the Holy Spirit lives inside of you. So this, this just gives you permission to no longer fear. This, this gives you permission to walk out in faith. This gives you permission to live the life that God's called you. Because you're secure in Jesus, with God, by the Holy Spirit. Amen? So if we think that maybe it's the end times, maybe not, we can talk about it. But the truth is, whether or not, we need to be found working and being diligent in what God has given us. You know, there's a lot of signs in the times, but Jesus said that there's going to be, he gave one example. There would be one woman working in the field, and one would be taken, the other gone. We would be living our lives are you going to be found working when the Lord returns? He's coming back. He's in heaven. He's coming back. I believe he's coming back soon because he said, I'll be back soon. But here's the seal. You have salvation. You have sal- You're going to heaven. But now it's time to live by the power of the Holy Spirit in our daily life. And here's, here's the point today. You're like, Pastor Luke, that's great. Now how do I use the Holy Spirit? I am so glad you asked, because that's actually my three points today. I got three points, unity, security, and exercise. We have unity, security, and ex- we have to exercise the Holy Spirit. The first point, we have unity in the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit unifies us with Jesus and with each other. And so today, we're going to look through the book of Ephesians, because like I said at the beginning, Paul introduces this theme of the Holy Spirit, this topic of the Holy Spirit. So we're going to look at different verses just to continue and see how we can use the Holy Spirit. In Ephesians 4, 3 through 6, we, we find Paul talking here. He says, make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, just as you were called to one hope when you were called. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. 
So that's our verse, and I, I'll tell you what, if I was in kids' church, if I, was, if I was in kids' church, you know how I would do it? I would have them say one really loud, as loud as they can. You know how sometimes you can hear the kids? Let's, let's do that together. I'm going to stop every time we say one, and I'll invite you to say one, and we're going to see if we can make some noise, okay? Let's have fun. All right, ready? Ephesians 4. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. There is body and spirit, just as you were called to hope when you were called Lord, faith, baptism, here we go, God and Father, no, there's no more ones, we could do all, I'm just sure, of all who is over all and through all and in all, there we go, I could, I probably should have let you do it, wasn't that fun? Come into kids' church, it's fun, I'm just having fun, so what does this mean? And I'll, we'll break it down here. The Holy Spirit seals all believers in Jesus. So I'm just going through the points here. Christ's body is one. Each congregation is a local manifestation of Jesus' Jesus's body. I just want to say on this point, I don't think the church was meant to be so divided. I think local churches were supposed to be just local representations of Jesus. We are all one body. Amen? God's Spirit is one. He is a spirit of unity. We have one hope, eternal life. One Lord, we have the cross, Jesus. One faith, that belief in Jesus. We have one baptism, which unites us to Jesus. We have one God, who's the Father of us all. I believe we need to be a church of unity. When we look at John 17... Jesus has a prayer for believers. I love this. You've got to catch this. He could have prayed for anything for us to be anything. Like, let them be powerful. Let them have faith. Let them be prayer warriors. You know what he says? In John 17, this is what Jesus says for you and I in our church and every, everybody who's a believer. My prayer is not for them alone. I pray also for those who believe in me through their message that all of them may be one. See that? All of them would be one, Father, just as you are in me and I am in you. May they also be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. I'm going to pause right here because here's the thing. We want to evangelize to the world, right? We want to bring people into church. We want to see them saved. But they cannot be invited to a broken and divided church. Do you know how the church will know that we follow Jesus? It's the way we love each other inside the church. It's the way we love each other. How do they know you are Christians? By your love, by your love. And sometimes we think that's loving others. Yes, do that. We need to. We have to make sure we got things going right at home. We got to make sure that we are united as a church, as Christ's body. So picking it up in verse 22, it says, I have given them the glory that you have given me that they may be one as we are one. I and them and you and me, so that they may be brought to complete unity, right? By the power of the Holy Spirit, this is what he says. The world that they may know, that the world will know that you sent me and I've loved them even that as you have loved me. Then the world will know that you sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me. The sure, the world will be, a broken world needs a united church. 
That's the message. A broken world needs a united church. And we can tell people about Jesus. We can love people. But let's make sure we're loving people at home, at our church, at Christian Life Church, other believers. Let's show the world that we're united and they can have unity with God, right? Second point here is security. When we have the Holy Spirit, we have security. And the Holy Spirit is our security in Jesus. In Ephesians 2, in verse 19 through 22, Paul is speaking about, speaking about the Holy Spirit here, and he says, Consequently, you are no longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens with God's people, and also members of his household, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, with Christ Jesus himself, as the chief cornerstone. In him, in Jesus, the whole building is now joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. And in him, you too, you too are also being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his Holy Spirit. Isn't that amazing? So we got a picture on the screen here. I hope we can see that. Jesus is the cornerstone. And what is a cornerstone? Well, it's a cornerstone by which we build our church, build a building. If you see a building, there might be a cornerstone by which everything is built. And so the foundation in the picture is the apostles and prophets. They, from Genesis to Malachi, right before the New Testament, we see that every prophet is saying, there's a Messiah that's coming. Jesus is coming. And we've, the world was groaning. It was waiting for Jesus to come, and it's, he's come. He's here. So we have Jesus as the chief cornerstone of our faith. We can have a relationship with God through Jesus. And also, we have the members of the household of God, Jew and Gentile, being built. Can you see the building now? You see how many stones have been uh, gathered throughout the years? How many people are a part of the body of Christ? And so this is a beautiful picture. I thought we'd show that. And the Holy Spirit gives us security in Christ. And we're, you are being built. You are being built ba- day by day. And that's why I think it's very important for you to live by the power of the Holy Spirit every single day. So that, w- that we can become more like Christ. And like I said at the beginning of the message, you're not called to be perfect. You're called to be holy in Jesus. And you will not become perfect until we get to heaven. It says in Hebrews 12, 1 through 3, this is one of my favorite passages, especially with the Olympics, so you can get that picture of running. And it says, Therefore, since we're surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. Let us run with per- perseverance the race marked out for us. Two things in there. One, you've got to get rid of the sin in your life. Two, you can't be looking at other people. You can't be comparing when you're running your race, the race marked out for you. Fixing our eyes on Sunday school. Jesus! Sorry. The pioneer and perfecter of our faith. And what that means is he's the beginning and end to our faith. He starts it, he'll finish it. For the joy, think about that. For the joy set before Jesus, Jesus endured the cross. He wanted to do it. Scorning its shame and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. That's where he is now. He's in heaven He's, he's seated down. He has all authority. Satan's ever under his foot. We have that same power. 
Consider Jesus who endured such opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary or lose heart. Don't grow weary or lose heart. That's a message in there. But Jesus is the author. He writes our story. Jesus is the finisher of our story. And the Holy Spirit is there to remind us that God is still there. Writing our, writing our story, he has not left you. And we will be complete in heaven. And I'd just like to say for our, anybody who didn't know, I'm actually in school right now. I'm going for my master's in mental health counseling. And I want to work towards being a licensed professional counselor for youth. Right now I'm working with the youth here, but I really want to uh, be a good listener, empathetic, work on the needs, and of course I'll be a Christian counselor. But I really want to work with some troubled uh, students, adolescents that have gone through trauma or whatever the case may be or whatever they're coming to see me for. I just really love and I have a heart for young kids. And what I realized is, and I didn't realize this to this year, I didn't start the program till right when we were in COVID, when I really saw that there was a need for Christian counselors for kids, but um, I realized that God was redeeming a part of my life. Um, growing up, I grew up in church, but I was really rebellious. I mean, we could, you could ask my parents. I was really just doing my own thing. In fact, I, I went to Christian Life College for college, but... Uh, our college here, uh, but I was kind of kicked out of the house. I mean, it is literally five minutes from my parents live, but my mom didn't want me living there. I got in so many, he- you know, I was a troubled kid. I, I have ADD. I was dealing with that as a kid. I was getting into trouble at school, and so there's a lot of things to my testimony, but what I realized is, is that God took me, brought me out of that place. I'm not the same, and now he's redeeming my story to help others, and so if you're going through something, a tragedy, something traumatic, whatever the case may be, trust that God can redeem it and help others. We got this seal, but we're, we're called to help others. And here's the last, oh, sorry, I'll read this verse before we go to the last point. Ephesians 3.30, and do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God for whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. I just love that at the beginning and in the middle of this book, he's saying you were sealed. You were sealed for salvation. We've gone over that part. But he says, don't grieve the Holy Spirit of God. I just want to stop there. I've been asked by, uh, I go to Trinity International University. They asked me lots of questions when I came in. I had to write about a lot of different things. But they asked me, do I believe, essentially, they asked me, do you believe in the Holy Spirit for today? That was the question. Do you believe in the continuation of the gifts of the Holy Spirit? And I said, yes. You know why? Because Paul said, I used one of these verses, I said, Paul said, do not grieve the Holy Spirit. There's so many dead churches because they don't have the Holy Spirit. This is a church that is alive. Why? We got the Holy Spirit. We got the Holy Spirit. We are activating the gifts and the power of the Holy Spirit. So we need to exercise the Holy Spirit. This is my last point. We have unity in the Holy Spirit. We have security in the Holy Spirit. Now we need to exercise the Holy Spirit. And if, how many of you exercise in here? Anybody exercise? We need to stay in shape some way, somehow. We got two hands in the back. I love it. So you exercise. I, if anybody plays basketball, I can play horse, but I actually tore my ACL. Hannah, can I play basketball anymore? No? Okay. Just making sure. She said no. I tore my ACL and my meniscus, so I found other ways. How many of you guys bike? I love biking, running, swimming. Yeah, a little bit. You know, anybody play sports? 
Okay. Yeah. And we all exercise some way or another. Um, and we got to stay in shape, you know. We have to do something. And here, here's what I'm going to say to make it spiritual, right? If you find yourself out of shape spiritually, you need to, ex- you need to make time to exercise the Holy Spirit. If you find yourself out of shape spiritually, you need to make time. We all have time. We got to make time to exercise the Holy Spirit. See my Pastor Luke, how do I exercise the Holy Spirit? Great question. Uh, let's go over it. In Ephesians 6, we'll go over a few verses, starting in verse 17. Um, we've been going over Ephesians, and I've been waiting for someone to talk about the armor of God. Oh, if they invite me to come back, I'll talk about the armor of God. But we'll look at the last verse here. It says, take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. The first thing you can do to exercise the Holy Spirit is use God's Word as a sword. You can use God's Word as a sword. I think all these will be on the screen as well. And Jesus was tempted by the devil many times. In the Gospels, we get a close-up on three temptations. You just got to know that he was tempted all the time. And, oh, this won't be on the screen, but this, I just wanted to say that he combated the devil with the Word of God. The devil said, turn these stones into bread. And he said, Man shall not live on bread alone, but every word that comes from the mouth of God. Deuteronomy 8.3. So he's quoting scripture. Then the devil took him to Holy Spirit, or Holy City and had him stand on the highest point of the temple. And he wanted to fall down and the angels would catch him. And what that is saying is, um, he said, if you're the son of God, throw yourself down for it is written. And the devil quotes a verse. He says, he will command his angels concerning you. And they will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. So here's the thing about knowing Scripture and using it as a sword. You've got to know the Scriptures better than the enemy does. Because the enemy is really smart. He's not a fool, but he lies and he lies and he lies. So we have to know the truth of God's Word. We all have different interpretations sometimes of God's Word. That's why we also need the Holy Spirit as we read the Scriptures. We can read it and be like, oh, this might mean this, but the Holy Spirit will tell you exactly what the verse is saying so that you can use that when you're dealing with temptation, whatever you need. And so just remember, you can use the Holy Spirit as a sword. Second, you can pray in the Spirit. You can pray in the Spirit. And we get this from Ephesians 6 as well. It says, and pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. And I love this. Um, so you can pray in the Spirit. And if you haven't received the gift of the Holy Spirit, baptism of the Holy Spirit, we can pray. But I'm just telling you, praying in the Spirit uh, is an amazing way to do this. And in fact, there's three ways to pray in the Spirit. I'm getting ahead of myself. There's three ways to pray in the Spirit. One, as I alluded to, you can pray in tongues. In Acts 2, 4, it says, And they were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Holy Spirit gave them utterance. It's by the power of the Holy Spirit that we begin to flow and speak in other tongues. That is biblical. That is something we have in the Holy Spirit. And these will be on the screen as well. You can pray God's will. Uh, It says in Matthew 6, 9 through 11, Pray then in this way, Our Father who is in heaven, How be thy name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, right? So praying God's will 
to be done is saying, not my will. As Jesus prayed in the garden before he went to the cross for you, he said, not my will, but yours be done, Father. Amen? So you can pray God's will. Lastly, you can pray always. If we're going to use the Holy Spirit, pray in the Spirit, we can pray always. And uh, I'll, I'll elaborate, but it says in 1 Thessalonians 5, uh, if you want to know God's will, it says, Rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. And what that means to pray all the time isn't when I'm driving, I'm not closing my eyes and going, Lord, thank you, Jesus, for driving down the road. And what it means is, is that you are inviting Jesus into every area of your life. When you wake up in the morning, you can pray. When you get ready for the day, you can think and pray about different things. As things come to mind throughout the day, you can be praying. When you get to work, you can invite Jesus in and say, Jesus, be with me. Let me show your love to people around me. If you're in school, you can invite Jesus into your school. I think we need to keep God in our schools. And we can, and that's the thing, every area of our life, for our family, for our marriage, for our relationship with our kids, our whole family, our friendships, we can invite Jesus into everything. And I would say this, everyone should know that you're following Jesus. That's a good start. But make sure you're praying all the time uh, in that manner of inviting Jesus. There's no closet, there's no hidden place that Jesus can't come and rearrange for you. And so the last thing, if you want to exercise the Holy Spirit, we said use His Word as a sword. He's the, Holy, the Word of God is the Holy Spirit. Use it as a weapon. Pray in the Spirit. And lastly, tell people about Jesus. Tell people about Jesus. In Luke 12, 12, I love this verse. Uh, and, it, and it gives me encouragement as I go and witness. It says, the Holy Spirit will give you the words to say at the moment you need them. And, what, and I, want, I don't want to misquote Jesus because he's saying on the day of persecution, you're going to have words to say to everybody as a witness. But let me tell you, it is hard to, to evangelize sometimes, but if you are loving, if you are embodying Jesus, people will want to know what's different about you. And there are going to be opportunities to tell people about Jesus. And I'm just encouraging you today to take the opportunity. You know that we could reach more people for Jesus if we would reach the closest people to us instead of leaving it for the pastor or leaving it for that evangelist that comes by. But saying that and taking the great commission in our hands when Jesus says, go into all the world and preach the gospel, saying that is my mission too. That's the great commission. And so that same verse that uh, Jesus told the disciples, we see in Acts 4, Peter and John are given an opportunity to witness. And they got... They were, they were being arrested, and the religious leaders were questioning them, and they said this. When they saw the courage, in verse 13, when they saw the courage of Peter and John and realized, catch this, this encourages me, that they were unschooled, ordinary men, they were astonished and took note, what? That these men had been with Jesus. That's it. People, evangelism, telling people about Jesus is an overflow of your time with Jesus. Do people know that you spent time with Jesus? Do they know that you are a Christian? Notice that the religious leaders who were questioning Peter and John didn't say they 
were astonished because of their great faith, because of their great prayer, because of the way they were kind to them. It was because they had been with Jesus. The more time you spend with Jesus, the more you'll be like Jesus. So we have to exercise the Holy Spirit. Use his word as a sword. Pray in the Spirit and tell people about Jesus. I believe that you can't save anybody. I can't save anybody, but God can. So you tell him and introduce him to others. So we are going to wrap up here. Here's the conclusion in Ephesians 5, 15 through 20. This is why this is so important that we do this now. Catch this. Can you see this with our day and age? Jesus is speaking to us. He says, through Paul in Ephesians, he says, Be very careful then how you live, not, un, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit, speaking to one another with psalms, hymns, and songs in the Spirit. Sing and make music from your heart to the Lord, and always give thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. So there's a lot there, but I want you to hone in on a couple of things. Be filled with the Spirit. Talk with each other in the Spirit. Make music. I love our worship time because that is our closest picture of heaven. We're just going to be worshiping Him. And remember, make the most because the days are evil. We need God's Holy Spirit. And you are sealed by the Holy Spirit. Now use the Holy Spirit. We'll have all three on the screen. Unity, security, and exercise. Use the Holy Spirit. Do you receive it today? Can I pray for you? Yeah. Let's stand together. I'm going to pray. But at this time, I just encourage you to keep that posture of worship and prayer and just hey, lift your hands again. Again, it's surrender because we need him, and then it's victory because we have it in him. Father God, we come before you in desperate need for your power in our lives. God, we cannot save ourselves. God, we need you in every aspect of our lives. So, God, we thank you for sending your son to die on the cross for our sins. Thank you that in Jesus we have everything we need. Tonight there is healing in the name of Jesus. Tonight there is freedom in the name of Jesus. Tonight in the name of Jesus, relationships are being restored. God, there's forgiveness in the name of Jesus. God, every addiction is broken in the name of Jesus. Everything that the enemy meant for evil is being turned around for good in the name of Jesus. We're going to have new thoughts. No more depression in the name of Jesus. No more anxiety. We're going to have more faith than fear in the name of Jesus. And God, we ask the Holy Spirit right now, fall on us, I pray. If you want to just pray in the Spirit right now, we'll just worship Him for a moment. Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Fill us up. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. You are welcome here.
You are welcome into our homes, Holy Spirit. You are welcome into our relationships, into our marriages, into our families, into our friendships, in our schools, Lord, in our workplaces, in our neighborhoods. Lord, I declare Jesus over Mount Prospect, Jesus over Chicago, Jesus over Illinois, Jesus over our nation, Lord, Jesus over this world. We lift you up higher, higher, higher. Thank you, Jesus. Holy Spirit, come and change and do only what you can do. God, we take everything we have spoken and we declare it in faith. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Since we're all standing, we're going to sing the doxology at this time. Then we'll